Welcome to a new creation podcast. I'm Phyllis and thank you for joining me today. Every episode of a new creation podcast is commissioned by the Holy Spirit. It is new and it is from God. This world system is crumbling. Everything it holds as sacred is failing. 1 John chapter 2 verses 15 and 16 in the NLT version of the scripture describes it and it reads, Do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. This world has a course. It's going in a particular direction. And that direction is away from God. And when it describes what the world is comprised of, the scripture, it gives the details of why the world and God do not connect. They are two different sides of any spectrum. As we observe our surroundings and we see a cycle of social injustice, we see black men constantly being victims of violence, we see police brutality, protests, Even on Wednesday, on yesterday, we witnessed history when the NBA didn't play a playoff game. None of them played any playoff games, any of the teams, because of what happened in Wisconsin to an African-American man who was shot seven times when he went to his truck and his young children were in there. When we see those things, There's more going on than people acting on impulses or just out of their sin nature. We see something that's not visible, yet only through the eyes of discernment can we see these things. Let's take a look at the scripture that really points this out to us. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 And it's verse 18, and it's the NIV version of the scripture. It instructs us, it reads, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Today's episode of A New Creation Podcast is entitled, Seeing the Unseen. In Genesis chapter 6, verse 5, and then verse 7 and 8, and it's the NIV version of the scripture, it reads, The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race, I have created, and with them the animals, the birds, and the creatures that move along the ground, for I regret that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. This scripture, especially the last sentence of it that refers to Noah, it is very encouraging to us because it shows us that in the midst of a dark and wicked world, The eyes of the Lord noticed Noah. 
and God granted Noah and his family grace. Grace is favor from God. It's not favor that you can earn. It's just God's goodness and his his showing favor because of who he is. Now, if God granted that favor to Noah, he's the same God who sees me. El Roy, the God that sees me. And if he sees me, he sees the state of our nation. He sees my state. He sees the condition of the world around us. And he is with us. Talking about seeing the unseen. Also, what makes Noah such an exceptional human being based on what he was facing in the world he was living in. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, and it's the English Standard Version of the scripture I'm going to read. It describes Noah's character even more detail, in more detail. It reads, By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Did you hear that? Because Noah, in a world, and remember how the Bible described it, it was a world in which the hearts of man was evil continuously. So all around him, the people continuously inside of their heart were thinking about evil things and were behaving in evil ways. But when faith, with by faith, Noah, when God spoke to him, and he spoke to him about events, things that were not seen, he couldn't see them. So he had to believe by faith, and he did believe by faith, talking about unseen, seeing the unseen. And because he reverenced God, he constructed an ark. He didn't know what an ark was. He didn't even know what rain was. It had never rained before. He'd never seen a huge ark like he was building. But by faith, he obeyed God. And when he did that, this is the part that's really really a blessing to all of us who obey God. The people around him, the world, who are opposite of God, they were condemned because because of Noah's actions. They were condemned and he became the heir of righteousness. And it comes by faith. Very, very encouraging to us what Noah did. Obey God. It's what the word of God is teaching us here. George Barna. He is a researcher, a leading researcher, who's the founder of the Barna Group. He tracks cultural trends that are happening in our nation. He recently published the American Worldview Inventory 2020. And the way he described it, he said, this inventory informs the Christian church in America where we stand and what we would need to do to be better representatives of the kingdom of God. He went on to say he measures worldview because worldview determines behavior. 
He said, you do what you believe. The reason why I'm, I'm quoting Mr. Barner is because the data that he shared lets us know and gives us a picture of the things that we cannot see, but they're actually occurring in our nation. Mr. Barnes says that most people don't have a biblical worldview in this nation. Only 6% of adults in America have a biblical worldview, which means that they live their lives based on the word of God, what the Bible teaches and what the Bible instructs instructs us to do. And that's only 6% of the adults in this nation. He went on to say in this document, the American Worldview Inventory 2020, only 2% of the people who are adults that are under 30 have biblical worldviews. So again, the younger demographics, 30 and younger, 30 years old and younger, who are adults, only 2% live their lives based on the Bible or the word of God. Why is this important? It's important because we as people of God, we don't go by the things that we see because we can't see what a person thinks. We can't see how a person lives. We can't see what a person's worldview is. But if we have this information, we know how to pray. And when we pray, God says the effectual prayer of a righteous person avails much. We can pray for the souls of this nation, for everyone in this nation who don't know God. We can pray for them. And we can stand in the gap and intercede. And we can also let our light so shine before men that they will see our good works and glorify our Father that's in heaven. With this information, it helps us talking about seeing the unseen to see what's important to God. And God is concerned about every soul that's in this nation. And we too should be concerned about every soul that's in this nation. The findings that Mr. Barner published, the scripture that illustrates it, is found in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. It's a new King James version of the scripture. And it reads, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way, which leads to life, and there are few who find it. What that scripture illustrates is really what, what Mr. Barner's data showed us too. There are two paths in life. And this illustration gives us the gate. The gate that we enter will determine how we end our lives. If we enter by the narrow gate, which is a narrow way. It's not broad, it's a narrow gate. And the narrow gate we're talking about is the gate that leads to Christ Jesus. We enter there first, but then wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. That's the way of the world. That's the way when you have your own way of living, you have your own standards. You don't have to abide by any particular rules or you don't think you do. And you live your life to the limit. With no limitations. You do what you want to do, when you want to do it, with whomever you want to do it with, and there are no repercussions or so you believe, but it leads to destruction. And it goes on to say, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. Very few 
and we're seeing with the data with Mr. Barner, very few people who are living their lives based on what the word of God says. Few that find it. But by us being here, us being here in this nation, and God has planted us here on this timeline in history, we're to proclaim the word of God for people so they will know that there is a way. There is a way to life. And if they see our lives that we're living right in front of them, lives that are dedicated to the Lord Jesus, then people who are humble, people who are loving, people who are patient, people who who personify the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, temperance, goodness, self-control, those things that God, Spirit, that dwells in us, those things that, that live inside of us and we should come out and should be displayed when we're interacting with people are important. And so if we know that there are people around us who don't have a relationship with the Lord, reach out to them, reach out to them in relationship. And point them to the Lord Jesus. There's another scripture I want to share with you. It's a little different because this particular scripture is found in the book of Psalms. It's Psalm chapter 11 and it's verse number 3. And it reads, If the foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? When we think about the things that I mentioned earlier, that we see physically that are going on in our nation with the injustices that I talked about, the police brutality, people who are being shot, just different things that we see that are disturbing. A part of that is the basic foundations that the Lord has given us in his word. A part of that is living out that, that before men. And if we see those things that are being destroyed, those basic foundations that are being destroyed in our society, this scripture asks, what will we do? So let me start off with giving you the definition of foundation, because that's how I started off in in answering this and in, in, in looking at this closely. A foundation is a noun, the basis or groundwork of anything, moral foundation of both society and religion, it says. That's the foundation. That's the definition of foundation. So we're talking about the root of something, the ground of something, what something is comprised of. That's the foundation. And then the word righteousness. So what what can the righteous do? Let's look up righteous. And when I looked up righteous, the definition of righteous is just according to divine law. That's God's law. And it denotes one who is holy in heart, Observant of the divine commands as a righteous man. So what can the righteous do if the foundations, the foundation in which we have been taught, the word of God teaches, if those are being destroyed in our society, what can we do? Well, first thing we can do is proclaim what God says about every matter and live a righteous life in our present age, in the age we're living in the time that God put us here in the 21st century before a world that watches to see everything the righteous would do. People are watching you every day in your interactions with them. If you are of the household of faith and you belong to the Lord Jesus, you are his disciple and you are his ambassador in the earth. And so people are watching you. So the life that we live should reflect the life that he lived. We would never live a perfect life, but God 
spirit dwells within us and he teaches, leads, and guides us to all truth and to all truth. Remember, foundations are established by our creator and that's who we represent. Let's take a look at this particular scripture that helps illustrate this. It's Hebrews chapter 11 and it's verse number 10. And it reads, speaking of Abraham, he waited for the city which has foundations, who builder and maker is God. Did you hear that? Abraham waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Amen. Abraham, when God called Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, I've mentioned this before. When he called Abraham, he had called him before because the Bible says the Lord had said he called Abraham before. Abraham was in the land of Ur of the Chaldean. That's modern day Iraq. So Abraham was not from the people were the people of God, that their geographic area that they were from. He was from the modern day, if you go to Iraq or Persia, that's where Abraham was from. But Abraham heard God and he believed God and was accounted for him for righteousness. The scripture in Genesis chapter 15, and it's one of my favorite passages of scriptures to meditate on because it really shows how Abraham who came from the land of Ur of the Chaldean. He came from a background where his family worshipped pagan gods. He didn't even know God, but he heard it, which is wonderful, right? That, that in itself is a testament of his character. He didn't know the God that he who spoke to him, but he believed it. And also, if you, if you study Abraham's life, which I've, I've studied his life for years and continue to study his life, Abraham was a worshiper. Everywhere Abraham went, I started to chronicle it as I was studying about his life. Everywhere he went, starting from Genesis 12, he built an altar to God. He would always build an altar to God. And he would name those places so that he would be reminded his experience that he had with God and his love that he had for the Lord and his obedience and his faithfulness. Abraham's life is a testament of one who believed God. And it is an excellent example for all of us, regardless of our background, regardless of how we learn who God was and entered into a relationship with him. It shows you that God is no respective person. And regardless of your background, who knows, Abraham could have been in the middle of worshiping one of his pagan gods when God first spoke to him, but he believed God. Let's take a look at Genesis chapter 15. And I'm going, to, I'm going to read verse number four. And it reads, and it's the new King James version of the scripture. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, to him is Abraham. This one shall not be your heir. This is God speaking to Abraham. But one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Abraham had previously Asked God about not having any children, not having an heir. And he he had mentioned that it would be Eliezer of Damascus. And God is, is responding to that. Verse number five reads, Then he brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven 
and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. And this is the key verse, verse number six. And he believed in the Lord and he accounted it to him for righteousness. Talking about seeing the unseen. Abraham was an example of someone who came from a land, a foreign land. He followed a God that he didn't know, but he trusted God. And because Abraham was able to see what was in front of him without physically being able to see, I'm talking about seeing the unseen. It was accounted for him for righteousness because God even had Abraham to look up in the sky towards heaven and count the stars. He told him that's what his descendants would be. And Abraham believed we have to be able to see that which is unseen. Abraham was able to see that which was unseen. So it was accounted for him as righteous. He was righteous in the sight of God. And that is what we want to be, righteous in the sight of God. If there are those who are listening on this podcast today and they don't have a relationship with the God of all creation, the God over all there, El Elyon, the Most High God, the Ancients of Days, the, the beginning and the end, the only true God. If they don't have a relationship, if you don't have a relationship with the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent, repeat after me, Heavenly Father, I open up my heart to you. I believe that Jesus died for me on the cross. I believe that you raised Jesus from the dead. And I believe that you're calling to me right now to enter into a relationship with you that is real and that is personal. I open up my heart right now and I ask the Holy Spirit to come in. And I believe, God, that you have saved me this day. Thank you, God, for saving me. Thank you, God, for loving me. Thank you, God, for sending Jesus on earth who died for me on the cross. And then after three days, he rose, God. You raised him from the dead and he's sitting at your right hand right now making intercession on my behalf. Thank you, Lord. Amen and amen. Thank you for joining me today for New Creation Podcast. And remember, a New Creation Podcast exists to teach you how to apply the word of God to your everyday life. The message today, seen, unseen, apply it to your life. Begin to look at things from a, an eternal perspective. And for those of you who have an Android phone, you can, you can subscribe to Phyllis's, P-H-Y-L-L-I-S apostrophe S, a new A-N-E-W creation, C-R-E-A-T-I-O-N podcast. And if you subscribe, then each week the podcast will come in your inbox. Thank you so much for joining me today. And the Lord bless each and every one of you. Thank you.